Chapter 2 Ed had first noticed the tumor while living in normal Illinois and working in marketing for a prestigious small press that published experimental literature in translation. The press's offices were in a windowless warehouse surrounded by a chair factory, a trailer park, a cornfield, and an interstate. His job was to garner attention for the obscure and dense books they published and to convince bookstores to buy them. The authors were from places like Romania and South Korea, and their books were difficult to read and almost impossible to sell. Ed worked at one of those glowing blue iMacs from the late 90s. It had a round mouse. He shared an office with a man who used hair gel to conceal his bald spot. The press's director was maniacal and paranoid. The director didn't even allow his employees a lunch break, much less a vacation or health insurance. Ed could have quit at any time, but like all of his co-workers, he'd been convinced that the press's mission of making commercially unviable books available was noble and necessitated sacrifice so he remained. The job was miserable, but the town was worse. In fact, there were two towns, Bloomington and Normal, which were connected and separate, like an amoeba midway through meiosis. Most locals called the combination Blormal, but he preferred Normington, as he believed it better captured the particular form of bland despair inherent to the place. The town was all dirty grocery stores and faltering strip malls and brand new subdivisions spilling out into the surrounding fields of ten-foot-tall corn. The town's primary employer was a major insurance company, and there was something actuarial about the local population. People there were guided by a cruel kind of caution. Nothing ever happened, and everyone conspired to keep it that way. He'd moved to Normington because everyone else he knew from college was moving to Brooklyn or Portland or going on tour with their band, and Ed wanted to do something different, something interesting. It turned out, though, that he spent most of his time working in marketing, getting drunk, getting high, and pining for his college girlfriend, who was the only person he'd ever slept with and who'd left him for a guy she met in one of her scientific illustration classes. After enough pining, Ed convinced himself he still loved her and sent her embarrassingly poetic emails that he imagined might win her back. They didn't, and he started sleeping with a girl who had patches of blonde facial hair on her cheeks and her chin. Her facial hair wasn't immediately obvious, but it was the only thing you could see when you saw her once you saw it. She was thin, though, and she liked to be choked and otherwise fucked roughly, and he was angry about his ex-girlfriend's rejection, so... He slept with her, but rarely hung out with her otherwise. She was a nurse who owned her own home. She worked in the ER. Her name was Rachel. It was one morning at Rachel's house, while showering before he went to work, that Ed first noticed the tumor. He was soaping up his arm, and he felt something hard between the muscles of his bicep. He looked, but saw nothing. He pressed his thumb against his skin in search of it. When he found it, a shock of pain shot down his arm and into his hand, where it swelled and spread until it reached his skin. Then the pain reverberated within his skin. Or that's how it felt. It didn't hurt exactly, but it was unpleasant. Ed finished showering, put on the same clothes he'd worn the day before, resolved to ignore the bump until it was gone, left the steamy bathroom, and drove to work.
Rachel was already at the hospital, saving someone's life or something, and Ed sat at his iMac in the windowless warehouse sending emails to lit bloggers about some forthcoming Czech novel the press was reprinting. It was one of those times when you realize how differently we all experience the world, and you feel alone. He spent the next few years like that, though without Rachel, going on with his life and pretending that he'd discovered nothing, even as the tumor grew and sent shocks of pain down his arm with increasing frequency. Eventually, Ed moved to Chicago, where he lived in a studio apartment, dated a plain and cautious girl who was a few years older than him, and worked as the only staff writer at a disreputable regional boating magazine. He made a living writing articles about boat design and boat models and boat manufacturers and boating accessories, but Ed had only been on a boat once, while in high school, on a pontoon, on a huge man-made lake outside of the South Carolina city where he grew up.